As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Miss Bomi Zone. Uh, I'm already Cobra's in here first right away. Once again, we want to thank uh, everybody who's showing up tonight. Those people are going to listen to us in podcasts in the future. Uh, special guest tonight, Miss. There we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Miss Bomi Zone. Uh, I have a special guest tonight. She's I almost said the question was Miss Bomi because we just got done recording that not too long ago. So, yeah, there was that pause. Yep, yep, yep. So, tonight we have a special guest, uh, David Brown, who is the author of the two books, Daddy Had to Say to Goodbye and Flesh of a Fraud. So I invited him back here because we still have, I think, more to talk about in regards to um, the contents of his books. And so tonight we're going to specifically focus on a topic that I believe not too many people like to talk about or are really very comfortable talking about. And, um, and that subject tonight is going to be about uh, suicide. Uh, not an easy thing to talk about, certainly not an easy thing to think about. So before I get started, I just want to say hi to everybody in the chat room. Real Cobra Burnout is there, Douglas, Walter, Christopher, Stalker, Steve. Thank you very much for joining us. And I just want to take a moment to say to everybody, thanks for everybody that will be joining us live this evening to listen to us on Spreaker.com. Um, if you are not available to listen tonight live, please know that there are available podcasts out there where you can listen to this. 
And that's a, a Google podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeart, uh, Deezer, Sonos, Amazon Alexa, TuneIn, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So she, we're, we're she loves there. she loves saying that, just to name a few. Yeah, I don't think I have the complete list anymore. So for those of you that have joined us in the chat room now, and for those that you will will join us in the future in the chat room, uh, please know that your comments and questions are welcomed. Okay, so we're going to try to keep a close eye on that as we're keeping our conversation uh, through the evening with David. And also, if you are not able to get into the chat room or don't feel comfortable being in the chat room we also have a number that i'll throw out there periodically that you can text a question to which um, john will get and then he will let us know and let me just throw that number out here now it's 662-579-8506 okay so if you're not comfortable being in the chat room there is the number that you can text your question or comment to as well (sighs) <sighs> that was a long <laughs> intro. <laughs> Excellent. You got skills. Now, 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 now get this. She does all of that and does it perfect. And all I ask her to do is say, welcome to a quickie with Miss B. It takes nine takes. <laughs> you throw me for a loop. That's why. <laughs> you'll start it off and you'll go, and reckless car accident and three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay then yeah how can anybody concentrate <laughs> just saying so hopping well in sh- hopping in the shagging wagon in three two <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight um i know this is a topic that we kind of talked about when we've gotten together in the past but uh we haven't gone into it in great detail no we haven't Mm-mm. so that being said i'll let you just uh take it away and Let's see where the conversation goes. Where That's you what you start? want to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. I, uh, I've had a great deal of experience with suicide and with depression within myself and with many other people. Uh, I contemplated suicide the first time, I believe I was eight years old. Because I was of the belief that the, how do I say it? I was at the belief that the pain of living had to be far worse than the pain of dying. Because you only have to die once. That was eight years old. And that was my only out. I, everything was black. Everything was black, black. And that was my perception. And uh, perception is one of the, mind-baffling deals. I write in both of my books, and I'll write this in my third book as well. Within all fiction lies a bit of truth. Within all truth lies a bit of fiction. Our perceptions are the deciding factors. I did not have the ability to separate real from imagined. And uh, I was a hypersensitive little kid, and I was a hypersensitive adult. And I internalized things and I allow things to affect me that weren't even meant towards me. But that's how broken I was. Uh, My most difficult 
and my greatest reward was August 7th, 1991. On that day, the day following, I was to turn in my duty weapon. On August 7th, I came out of a alcoholic-induced blackout. I was an alcoholic, still am actually. I just don't drink any longer. But I was uh, pretty toasted. It was very early in the morning, and I had this caustic taste in my mouth. And I startled myself out of this trance and realized that caustic taste was gun oil. I'd had my duty weapon in my mouth. I took the weapon in both hands, looked at it, and decided, I knew I had to decide at that very moment, either I go through with it and end it all, or I change my life, and I have to change everything about my life. I set that weapon down and never picked up a drink from that day till this. So uh, for me, uh, alcohol was a release agent. It destroyed my life, but that was my medication. It's what kept me from killing me, but at the same time, I was destroying everything and everyone in my life. Uh, I've been married. I've been married a lot. Been married five times, all to wonderful gals that didn't deserve the shit I brought into their lives. And they stayed as long as they could. And I, in my first book, I thank those women for loving me for as long as they could. And uh, no one faulted me. I was never wronged by any one of those five five women. Uh, I was a broken man, and I tried to use other people to fix myself. And uh, that's an ugly place to live, and uh, they didn't deserve that kind of treatment. So today, my life today is about living amends, not, not just to those women, of course, but to many other people that I've come in contact with throughout my life. Uh, I live a life of... Uh, make li living amends by writing my books. And uh, I don't know. If, John, did you ever hear the story about why I wrote my books? What prompted me? You're on mute. John's muted. Oh, <laughs> wait. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want background noise. There we go. So, oh. uh, yeah, I've, I've heard the story of it, but I think it's a story that deserves being said again because oh. uh, it's in every promo I, I put something that references that oh okay. there's also one in, in the one we had today but I, I've, I've always I, I've always uh, thought it was a very interesting story so I think you know I can hear it over and over cool thank you my mother died in 2009 I lived in Fort Collins Colorado my mother lived here in Duluth Minnesota this is where I was raised I escaped for 40 years, and uh, I know why I'm back here, but uh, I came to my mother's funeral. I left, and when I returned back to Colorado, I had to buy fuel. I, I was low on fuel in Gillette, Wyoming, and as I was pumping gas, I happened to look over, and there was a sheer mountain face. It was very, very tall. And something told me, and I don't hear voices, nothing tells me anything, but something told me that day that I had to go to that mountain. And uh, it was such a strong, strong message that I found a frontage road, got onto an old county road, 
And I came to a cattle guard, a fenced area, and it had signs everywhere. No trespassing. Mm -hmm. Trespassers will be shot. Survivors will be shot twice. That kind of bullshit. But I still knew I had to go beyond that fence. And I'm not one that violates people's personal property. But this day I did. And I drove as close as I could to get on this small road. And I walked over this mouth of this face. And uh, I remember the dust devils as I was walking. It was real, real dry alkaline. And uh, I stood and looked at that face. And suddenly time did stand still. The next thing I knew, much like taking the gun out of my mouth, I found myself on my knees with my hands pressed in prayer. I don't know if I prayed or not. I don't know what happened. But when I stood up, I felt like I had lost a hundred pounds. And I don't know if all of my rage and my pain had been taken from me or if I just left it behind. I walked back to my car and just before I turned to look back, to open the car door and to look back at that cliff, I heard a voice say, write the book. And I don't know, was that an internal voice within me? Was an external voice? Uh, I found out later what it was and I'll let you know about that too. So I got back in the car and uh, for me to have, to hear, to write the book, it's like, what are you talking about? I'm not educated. I barely graduated high school. I've never been to college. I don't have a writing degree. I have no computer skills. I get near a keyboard and my fingers turn into hoofs. <laughs> and I'm just, and I can't spell. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so bad. Spell check says we have no recommendations. So I'll ask that chicken, that little round thing that lights up. What's that called? Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, how do you spell this word? And there's a pause. And then she says, I got nothing. <laughs> so that's how bad my spelling is. And uh, thank God for my bunkie. Well, thank God for my bunkie for a lot of reasons. But she has this power. It makes me nuts. She'll be in the living room watching TV. And I'll be sitting sit at the kitchen table writing. And and I'll be doing my corrections in my uh, laptop. I almost called it a flat top. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm at the laptop and I'm doing corrections. And she'll walk by and point at the screen. You need to change that. And not, not even break stride. You need to change that. And she'll go pour herself a cup of coffee in the back of the living room and sit down. It's like, how do you do this? So I was really at a quandary. So my first book, Daddy Had to Say Goodbye, took me 68 legal pads. I wrote, hand wrote the entire book. And uh, I found a friend that was able to scan it and put it into printed word. But there were so many mistakes in the first, in the very first edition. Uh, it just loaded. And I was embarrassed. Again, I had no desire to publish the book. I was just going to write the book, put it in three ring binders, mm -hmm. give one to my bunkie. And I mean, no, no disrespect when I call her bunkie. Uh, she has a name. Some of you may know her if you've read my books. Her name is Heather. There's a character in my books. But, uh, yeah. But I don't uh, I don't use her name in reference to me or my books because she has a professional career that she has to protect. And uh, 
Who the hell would I be a would want I meant to be associated with me? I mean, come on. Hell, my name my name's not even Eric. Yeah. It shouldn't be. <laughs> Where would it be? Yeah, but yeah. Oh no, he's tried, John. He's tried. <laughs> so I found myself, I'm sitting, and now I've given the task by God to write a book. And it's like, uh, shut up. You're pushing me around. I don't like that. And uh, it took me three days. And I finally, what I did, and I haven't told this part of the story. This is now in my third book. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. But what I did is I was just stuck for three days. I twirled a pen, had a blank uh, legal pad in front of me. And I went up to Estes Park in uh, Estes Park, Colorado. Beautiful. And uh, I went to Mount St. Milo, which is a Catholic retreat. Uh, beautiful place. And I parked alongside the highway. I didn't go into the retreat area. And I just started walking. Like, I've got to find, I've got to find, what am I supposed to do with this book? What am I going to write about? And I walked for a great distance and nothing came to me. The drive all the way up the canyon, nothing. The walk along the highway, nothing. I went back and there's a, a, a beautiful little trout lake. And uh, it's called uh, St. Mary's Lake. And uh, I went to St. Mary's Lake. and I was- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I was carrying a fly rod behind the seat of my truck. And I thought, and I could see the trout were rising. I thought, yeah. So what I did is I opened my toolbox and I clipped off the hook of one of my flies. And the first time I've ever tried not to catch a trout. <laughs> I just wanted to enjoy watching the trout rising for the fly. And I did that for a period of time. And I set down my fly rod. And I just let my feet, I took off my shoes and my feet were in the water. And, and it came to me what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where my direction started. And I write to appeal to people that have lived somewhat like myself to let them know there's a way out. Yeah. You don't have to die and you certainly don't have to suffer. And uh, 
So I had to find them. And I used many of the teachings of AA to do that. And, you know, there's a tradition that says we don't mention AA because if you think I'm a jerk off, you'll think AA is bad. Well, I am a jerk off. AA is good. Just separate those two. Uh, and uh, that's where I started my journey. And I never thought I'd finish. And again, I was just going to put them in three ring binders and be done with it. And uh, my roommates, uh, Sean Kerrigan and Tina Tilson, insisted that I publish this book. And uh, and I did. And uh, my sales are not... What is it you like to tell me, Eric? I'm the most successful author in the history of man who's never sold a book. Yeah, that's because you keep giving <laughs> shit away. <laughs> and, you know, I do give them away. And uh, I am not a man of means, believe me when I say that. My whole intention is to help people like myself know that there's a way out and there's a better life. And it's actually a damn good life. What are these people saying? Uh, once again, I'm going to put out the number if you want to... Text a question or comment is 662-579-8506. Uh, hello, Gunwild, and hello, Clyde. Thanks for joining us in the chat room. And for the people that are in the chat room, if you have questions for David, please put them in there, and we'll make sure to get to them. And I'm glad to see that everybody is enjoying the show. Everybody's been making some pretty positive comments. Just remember that the uh, that number she just gave you is text only. We haven't solved the other half of it. We haven't solved the other half of it, but it is text only. <clears throat> yeah, Cobra just mentioned uh, he wants to buy the audio book. I, uh, I didn't just finish. I, uh, you know, audio book readers are very expensive. And you're going to spend five to eight thousand dollars for a mediocre reader, oh, and not know if you're going to get a viable product. The top readers are ten to twelve thousand dollars. So not because I think I have such a cool voice, although I believe I do, uh, but that's just me and my ego. I knew I had to do it myself, and part of it is no one knows my passion, no one knows my pain, and no one knows my joy as well as I do. Yeah. So I used my own voice to record my first book, which hopefully will be out in the next week to 10 days. And I'm really excited about this. I, I know it's no secret, and I'm one of them. People just don't have the time to read these days. And and this is a tough book to read. And uh, it's a larger book. It's, it's 324 pages. It's a six by nine, so it's a heavy, larger book. And um, it's just easier to listen, driving, uh, traveling, whatever you do on your coffee break. Uh, I suggest you not listen to my books while you're at work. Yeah, There's... no, no. <laughs> I will second that. <laughs> there, there are triggers throughout. Yes. And one of the things I had to come to terms with when I first started to write is that I get a pass. I've got to tell on me. If I'm going to help others find their honesty, I first must explore my own. And so I tell on me. And I've done my very best, and I hope I haven't failed. I've told only on me. I don't hold anyone hostage or place blame. Blame does not work for anyone. Mm -mm. Blame is nothing but but crippling. And resentment, there's another thing. Uh, 
there's a saying that goes something like resentment it eats the resentment is an acid that eats its own container mm-hmm. and boy that is sure true to me that is really true i so i can't let the negatives have my power uh so i first wrote the book for people like me but then again for first responders uh, i've been a rescue paramedic and i've been a police officer i've seen an awful lot of death i can't tell you the hundreds of people that I held as they begged me not to let them die. And they died. That shit changes you. Mm-hmm. You don't just walk away from that. It's how to manage your life with that. And uh, I have a I have a friend who's just a terrific guy. His name is Sean Cahoon. He's one of those funny people. He's a Canadian. He's from Nova Scotia. And he does a, a podcast called Up Talk. It's a mental health news radio network. I've listened to that podcast. Have you? Yep. And that's worldwide. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job. And yeah. he, he has guests that have either had personal experience with their own mental health. Yeah. And, you know, my mental health has everything to do with how well I manage it, how well I manage my mental illness. Yeah. And, uh, and Sean is a great guy. I was a guest on his show, yeah, but he has on some really interesting people, all either paramedics or police officers or firefighters. And uh, not too long ago, he had uh, the show before I did mine. He had the surviving sister of a suicide victim who was a rescue paramedic yeah, and his partner mm-hmm. on the radio show. And uh, gosh. Um, while we were taking a pause right there, Douglas has a question he wants to know what form do you get your audio book? Will it be digital download on a Kindle? Uh, it's going to be, we still haven't worked all that out. Uh, I want it to be available to every, every network. Uh, I will have it on my website where I have my books, davidjbrownbooks.com. It'll be on Amazon and uh, uh, audio book. Uh, ACX, I think it is. But I have a producer that's handling that because, again, my skills, I got hoofs on the end of my hands here. <laughs> so I don't have the knowledge. Again, I didn't, I can still to this day, I can barely navigate Facebook. So, and that's true. It, I just don't have those skills. And if you people want to switch to this screen or that screen, you go right ahead and do that. Just don't involve me. Yeah. Okay. Listen, make me go there. <laughs> I'm 71 years old. When I was in junior high school, and if a boy went to typing class, he was getting his ass stumped at recess. That's the way it was. They didn't have computers. The The only computers they had had a spare univac down in St. Paul, Minnesota, that took up an entire city block. That was computers. Yes. So, yeah, I have no experience. I let that time pass me by. Yes, dear. Do you you still want to do what we talked about? Oh, just so that you know... um, in the chat room, there is David's uh, address for the books if you're interested in purchasing them. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Uh, he wants to know how many eight tracks. <laughs> God, God love you, Tony, because I don't. Uh, you know, I bought it. I'll tell you how old I am. You want to make fun of me. I bought a brand new car 
1971. Yeah. Brand new Dodge. Dark Sport 346 pack. Nice. And I had to have an 8-track installed <laughs> because they didn't have put them in the cars back then. I had to pay extra, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. <clears throat> uh, one of the things that Eric is doing, Eric and Christine is doing for me, and, and I'll have my, my web designer do that for me as well, is that I'm offering the first chapter at no charge of my audiobook. And again, I use my own voice. I am not professionally trained. Uh, I stammer and stutter a little bit. Uh, the cat that put it all together did the best he could to knock some of that stuff out. And I also want to make this uh, make this little announcement. I have donated my two published books to the National Library Service for the Blind. And you can reach that on... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, who are those big people in Washington that have the great big buildings that have books and shit? What's that called? <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> you you can get my books for free if you're disabled, whether visually or physically disabled. And if you have a reader, you can get my books free uh, through both the state of Minnesota uh, economic development uh, services for the blind or through uh, the federal government through the, uh, what are those guys? They're great big. They're huge. Yeah, I, Library I of Congress. There, John, God love you. Yes. My books are in the Library of Congress. Can you believe that? Little shit kid from Duluth, Minnesota having books in the Library of Congress. These books are free to read. If you have a family member or a friend, who cannot hold a book or or doesn't have the capacity to stay with it or has are visually impaired, please encourage them to order this book. And so we got a question that came through the text line and it says, David, what job was hardest to sleep at night while doing, paramedic or police officer? Well, I never slept at night as a police officer. Uh, it's dangerous. You don't want to sleep when you're at work. Uh, both. Uh, and it's not just then. It's yet today. I have nightmares on a weekly basis. I uh, I have chronic PTSD. And uh, I've learned how to manage it. I, I don't seek counseling. I'm, I'm cool. I don't take any medication. I take a vitamin twice a day. Because Bunky doesn't want to cart my dead body out of the house. He's trying to keep me alive with vitamins. That uh, darn girl. Yeah. yeah, darn her anyway. But, you know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, but they were both painful. Why did I continue to do it? Because even then, as a drunken monkey, I wanted to give something back. I knew what it was like growing up to have nothing. We had a very poor family, and I was greatly beaten and abused and starved. I know what it's like to have nothing and to have no hope. So uh, it's my little banner to wave, and, uh, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. This is all a gift of God. And I'm not a religious person, but I do live a spiritually-based life. And uh, when, I was, when I was sitting at St. Mary's Lake, when I sit down my fly rod, I asked God, 
why, why are we doing this? What's going on? And I heard the voice say, and you can call me crazy, I don't care. The voice said, David, you have suffered well. And this is your reward. That's what I heard. And that pushed me to, to write my book. Yeah. And then and then the second, I wasn't I wasn't done telling the story with the first book, but I was satisfied. And then I knew that I had to clean it up. I had too many questions from other people. Yeah. And I had to bring it cleaner. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot more fun writing the second book. <laughs> and and I have to tell you, uh, <clears throat> the only fiction in the first book is location. And I, I love it. People will ask me, hey, where's that real? Where's that, where's that really? Uh, you called it this or you called it that, but where's it really? I was like, did you read my book? To, is this like a puzzle game to you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Did you find anything of interest, yeah. perhaps? There's lots in there that's interesting. <laughs> and in the second book, um, I used characters. And I, bless his heart, and I've had more than one friend. I had one friend say, hey, uh, that Paul Roberts guy, do you still talk to him? And I looked at this cat <laughs> and I went, uh, I don't know how to break this to you, but this is a work of fiction. No Paul Roberts. That's a made up character to tell the story, yeah. my story. And I used women as well as men. I've used yes. women all my life, but I used women as long as, as well as men and situations to tell the story that I feel other people need to hear. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, I'm on a quest. I'm on a mission. And uh, I'm grateful. I, I'm blessed. <laughs> uh, looks like real Cobra Burnout's got a question here in the chat room. He says, David, did you pig the speed meter in the car more often as a paramedic or a police officer? <laughs> Was there a high speed or just feeling of rush to get to the location in order to help somebody? I <laughs> Payday. Payday, yeah. Yeah, payday. Yeah. We actually had to do this when I was a paramedic. Uh, Eric knows this intimately because his mother worked for that same company. That's how I met Eric and his sister, Pam. They were just little puppies, and sometimes mom would be working late at night in the office. And uh, we'd cover up Eric and his sister with blankets and if they wake up, we'd give them marshmallows or chocolate cake and some of that nutritional stuff. But uh, our company was broke. We were always, that was before computers. And so you'd send in your forms for payment to insurance companies or to Social Security or Medicare. And- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they'd take forever and we didn't know how to code it right. So they'd reject it. We were always broke. So on payday, if you were on quarters on payday, when they handed out the checks, you'd jump in your rig and go to the bank. Code three. Lights and siren. Get the hell out of my way. We drove just as furious going to the bank to cash our paychecks as we did on an emergency medical call. Because... Four or more people <laughs> hit the bank before you do, it, it's over. That's You're over. not going to get this. Uh, but, <laughs> but to answer your question, <clears throat> one of the things I had to learn, and they don't let you drive one of those big land yachts. These were the big Metro Cadillac bodies. Holy Christ. Man, they flew. They had the big, big, biggest Cadillac engine ever made. And you could get them up to 160 miles an hour, but you were loping. And uh, when I first started to drive, I had to be an attendant for a long time. The first few times, you drive to the siren. It scares you. And then you, you realize what you're doing. is like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be going through downtown at 70 miles an hour. And my partner's punching me in the shoulder going, you son of a bitch, you're going to kill us both. <laughs> So it took a while to settle down. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that took a while. Uh, as a police officer, uh, I drove pretty fast. And uh, I set up a few, I have to admit, I set up a few car chases just for fun. Because I knew the little prick was going to try to outrun me. He didn't know what I had under my hood. I did. So I'd hit my lights and siren about two blocks behind him. And they're thinking, oh, hell, I can outrun this guy. Think again, no chum. Think again. Uh, I I got the only ticket I ever received as a police officer because you know you carry a shield in your pocket. It's get out of jail free card. Uh, all you do is flash tin, and they go, "Oh, sorry, officer. Yeah, don't do it again. Leave me alone." Uh, I was in a chase, and this was a legitimate chase uh, on a freeway. And the cat goes to. I thought he was going to exit, but I hedged my bet. We, I had some cars behind me, other patrol cars, and uh, he grabbed the exit at the last moment. Well, so did I, but my last moment was my last moment. And I flipped that car and slid, I flipped it a lot of times, and then slid on the roof down the ramp through a four-lane intersection and come to rest back on the upper ramp, spinning like a top. And God, I was dizzy. <laughs> This asshole state trooper wrote me a ticket. Oh no! For for going through a controlled intersection without license, sergeant. 
Well, I knocked him off about 400 feet back, you asshole. And <laughs> I had to pay the ticket. Oh, my gosh. So I hope, I hope that's an answer for you. <laughs> yeah. So now that they've mentioned, you know, talking about, you know, the paramedics and the police, let's talk about those people in particular, uh, the people that do the service, you know, your police, your fire, your, uh -huh. your EMT. Those people are on the forefront, you know, getting to the emergencies to take care of, you know, people in situations. And that's a lot. Um, that's a lot to to take in, I think, every single day when you're doing that job. Do you think because of how the job is or what it entails that that causes a lot of people to fall into depression? because of the kind of environment or situations that you're repetitively put into over and over again? Uh, yeah. I've known of a few people that have an auto disconnect in their brain mm -hmm. and they just go do the job. Right. I acted like I just did the job because remember, yeah. I was cool. Yeah. Okay. So everything, I was in control. I was in charge. The tougher things got, the calmer I became. And that, that's what's true. And that's crazy. But the more mm -hmm. ridiculous it got, the calmer I became. Uh, yeah, it affects people. And yes, they bring it home. And yes, you may not tell your spouse about that situation. But they're going to sense it was a bad situation. And, and when your spouse has to handle you with kid gloves, that's not a loving relationship. It no. can't be. No. Uh, if you're going to be fearful of every time he or she walks in the door mm -hmm. that you're going to have to walk on eggshells. And I have to tell you, my heart, my heart belongs to volunteer first responders more than anyone else. And I'll tell you why. Uh, when I was a, a cop and a paramedic, I worked in a city. And as a cop, you radio for this, you radio for that. And you've got this backup and that backup. And if you need a light truck or if you need a heavy rescue, whatever you needed arrived in a short mm -hmm. period of time. Yeah. Volunteers and people confuse volunteer with amateur. Take that out of your no. brain right no. now. <laughs> volunteers yeah. train their guts out. Oh, yeah. The other thing is volunteers don't have the gear that a professional service has. Mm -hmm. They try to, they do their very best, but I've seen volunteer firefighters just start. And they've got on a, a piece of bunker gear mm -hmm. that looks like it's probably 15 years old, oh boy. faded, mm -hmm. uh, whatever fire proofing there was or mm -hmm. fire retardant long gone. And these people train on their own time. A professional, you get paid for training. Yeah. You get paid for everything. Yeah. These volunteers, that's their time away from their family, their friends, mm -hmm. their their hobbies. Yeah. Uh, they pay a great price to to actually put their lives in the line to help a total stranger. And and God, I love them for that. And I've donated hundreds and hundreds of books to volunteer uh, first responders gladly because I want them to know that there's people that understand. I'm not the only one, of course. No. But uh, I want them to understand that, that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these poor people, they'll be out at a traffic accident on an interstate in fog or rain or snow. 
and they may only have one vehicle or two emergency vehicles there. And here, at freeway speeds, and your your life is in grave danger. And uh, then they go home and they try to act normal. So they're lying to themselves. They're lying to their family. They're not like the professionals in the city or like uh, nurses or doctors in an emergency room. They get debriefed all the time. Yeah. They hit some hard trauma. Mm -hmm. Let's all sit down and talk about it. Yeah. Most volunteers I know don't go to the Baptist quarters and hug it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They clean up their gear. They get it ready for the next call. They go home to their family or to catch whatever sleep they can before they have to go to work again. Mm -hmm. Those, if there's such thing as my number one hero, it's volunteer responders. I love those people. I'll shut up. No, that's okay. I was just looking in the chat room. Hi, Jay Dog. Thanks for joining us. He said that his dad was on two volunteer fire departments and first response for a long time. I would think that any of those jobs that you do are very tough. And so here's my question to that. You're exposed to these situations time and time again. And it's, you know, it's not like your regular nine to five job. Okay. I go to work. I do my job. When my job is done, I leave my job there. I can come home. Right. I can relax, do, do my own thing. I think with people that are in, you know, the, the first response and your police and your fire and all of those, they take their jobs home with them. And I think over time, that's got to affect them to the point where some people will get very depressed and very upset and just not see everything in a positive light anymore. Absolutely. And, um, so how does how do you deal with it? How do you compartmentalize it? I guess is is a good way of asking. Back in the day, when I was a paramedic, I became a better liar than ever before in my life. Mm -hmm. Because you can come out, you can just drop a family off of five at a mortuary from a house fire. Right. You back your rig into the garage. You pop out <clears> like you just come back from having a banana split. Because you can't show weakness, because you're going to lose face in your fellow workers. Police officers have that same situation. And you know what? That's not the only call you're going to get that day. No. You've got to have your head in the game. You can get almost the identical call within a matter of moments. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have your head right. Someone's life's going to depend on it. Exactly. Same as a police officer. Uh, I was on very stressful calls, very close to shooting someone. Finally, it gets it's de-escalated. And before I can holster my weapon, there's another hot call. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, here we go again. Yeah. And, you know, uh, to the general public, this should be a public, public service announcement. Don't fuck with cops. Keep your opinion for court. You don't know where this, and I'm not saying all cops are like this, but you don't know where that officer just came from. You yeah. don't know what they just had to look at. Now you want to jack with them and tell them that you know your rights and what your rights are and how wrong they are. Oh my gosh, don't be stupid. And and nothing else, at least show some respect. Um, tough know, job. It's a tough job. So how do, how do people, because you've done both those yeah. jobs, how do you deal with all of that, all the negativity? You know what I'm saying? Because... There's not a lot of positive that happens on the job. Don't For, get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure that there is some, 
but I would think that the majority is not so positive. Okay. So then you're done with your shift. You're done with work. You come home. How oh, wait, you... let me stop you. You don't go home. Well, I'm just saying. You like... go to choir practice. <laughs> okay. Is that what you do? Yeah. You go to the <laughs> squad room, you change clothes, and you and the boys go out for choir practice. And you all talk about what a big hero you are. And no well, one admits is, to yeah. being scared shitless. No. And, you know, you become a better liar to survive. And you don't want to be seen as weak. And there is a thing. If you go, and although every city municipality has this thing in personnel where, where you can say, uh, I'm sad and I'm depressed, I'm lonely and my heart hurts. And the moment you open your mouth to that, you get assigned the rubber bullet. They take you off the duty roster. You're a cop without a gun. Mm-hmm. And no cop wants. That's disgraceful. And, you know, cops, not all cops, but all the cops I know, as a matter of large egos. And I think you need to have one to do the job. But you, you're stuffing that down time yeah, and time again. Yeah, you eat it. You eat it. And you eat a lot of it. For me, and I over drank time, over time, yeah. I drank you over You had yeah. the alcohol. alcohol. Yeah, that was yeah. my, my That was like your, your escape yeah. to, to yeah. or should I say distraction? Distraction is probably. Yeah, you never escape it. Uh, no. I would drink through Distract. my beer, around yeah. my beer, uh, seeking relief that I knew was never going to be there. And. Through the grace of God, I somehow made it through. Yeah. Uh, I, I never received counseling. Uh, didn't want it because again, that's not manly. That whole ego thing, you know, is, <laughs> is large. Now, I understand I haven't been in the business of emergency services for more than 25 years. Right. So times have changed. I can't speak about it. But I'll, I want to no. tell you about this. Yeah. Duluth Police Department is a department. I did a little thing, a little blurb just before the holidays, thanking the Duluth Police Department for saving my life when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't their intention. It wasn't, yeah. They didn't even know I planned on my suicide on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So I did a little blurb in, in a local thing on, on, uh, on Facebook on a site, Friends of Duluth or Friends of Zena, the city of Duluth. And uh, it got big. It exploded. Yeah, it it did. got huge. <laughs> and then I'm contacted by a newspaper that wants to do an article on it. They do an article the next day. I did the interview. The next day it was in print. Eric is still mad about having to pay $1.25 to buy a newspaper. Yes. To have my- <laughs> <laughs> I think that was money well spent, you cheap prick. Uh, Should have told me I'd have gone half these. Yeah. <laughs> I still have extra copies, John. <laughs> uh, then on Christmas Day, I get an e-letter from the chief of police from the Duluth Police Department. Well written, well thought of, and he thanked me for appealing to his appealing to his officers mm-hmm. and for his officers. And uh, wow, I was really moved. And then a local TV network wanted to interview me, sure, that'd be fine. How about if we meet at the Justice Center? And no one's telling me that they've already set up a interview between me and the chief of police. Uh-huh. I've never met the cat before. Now, I'm not afraid of cops, and I'm not yeah. afraid of rank. <laughs> bullshit. Uh, this guy was a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Still is. 
And uh, we did an hour and a half interview. And he, he kept, I knew he was doing, I couldn't figure out what the hell he was doing. He kept like baiting the interviewer. Uh -huh. they, what do they call those guys? Interviewer guy. Yeah. Third Reporter. Time. Yeah, that guy. He kept baiting with that. I thought, what are you doing? Well, at the end, the chief says, I want all the rare raw footage uh -huh. you've been shooting all this time because this is my new training vehicle. I thought, well done, Chief. <laughs> it cost him nothing but time. <laughs> and, and, and he's been using it. And as he says, his officer's response is remarkable. Mm -hmm. uh, police officers have to be, know and not only, all first responders have to know it's okay to admit your heart. But many of us, many of them feel they've got to stay in their game. Mm -hmm. oh, what are you doing, buddy? Oh, for me? Oh, you're such he's a good He's giving me the coffee. He's, he's my coffee delivery. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Burrito, yeah. Right? John, like John was like, like, right there, John. Right there. Uh, Get yourself some. Don't you pull that waitress stunt on me. <laughs> Walk away. I love first responders. But if I could, I'd like to move away from that a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. I, you know, I, I'm curious to know what else that, uh, that you have that you want to well, dive into. You know, writing and publishing a book is not the easiest thing to do in the world. And I've been hit with a lot of disappointment. Yeah. I've gotten hosed several times. Uh, that's all cleaned up now because that my learning curve. Yeah. Lord, oh, you gave yes. me a mountain. Uh, thank you, Elvis. Uh, when I have these disappointments and these frustrations, you know, I have to remember that somebody left their home today with the intention of being home for dinner that will never make it. And I've had to go knock on people's doors and look at a woman or at children and tell them, he ain't coming home. Not tonight, never again. That changes you too. And you look at the eyes of those, and even the spouse, 
and it's not always just a male, it's female as well. Uh, and you, the void, the, it, you go into vapor lock mm -hmm. and you know that you don't have anything for them other than that noise. Yeah. And then you walk away and how do you process that? Well, yeah, because basically you've just turned somebody's world upside down. Oh, yeah. And in about, and I came close to committing suicide. Uh, suicide, I understand it. Mm -hmm. I truly do. But it pisses me off. And, and let me tell you why. Uh, I had two brothers and my father. All three of them died young, very young. And they suffered extensive illness before they passed. And they struggled and they fought every day to stay alive. And then some son of a bitch eats a bullet. Mm -hmm. And that angers me. And then I have to look at them for a moment and think, God, what depth of suffering must have occurred within this person? But I have to look beyond that. And then I look at the eyes of the spouse and the children. Mm -hmm. And uh, these people are scarred for the rest of their lives. It will never, life will never be the same. And whether it be divorce or suicide, kids take responsibility. Yes. No one points a finger and blames it. And at least they sure as shit shouldn't. No. But kids feel responsible. Yep. They caused it. I broke it. I, I was bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, even I carried that for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. So with the question that just talking about, about this, you know, right now, because now we got to like the heart of it, which is, you know, the, the suicide. Uh -huh. How... How do people get, you're pointing at me? Oh, okay. Um, how do people get to that point where they are just so full of pain that they get to the point where they want to contemplate this? Okay, so here's another comment that we got from the text number. And this says, David, like you, I've seen my my share of death both on the battlefield and on the streets as a cop. Would you agree that it depends on how a person is wired on how they handle stress? And that's from Tim. Well, I don't know. It's how well you're wired or how good are you are at lying to yourself. I have known people that can disconnect when they, when they put on the uniform, there's somebody when they take it off, there's somebody else. I didn't have that experience, and it almost destroyed me. If I could, I'd like to read the first page of yeah. Flesh of a Frog. <clears throat> That's kind of a weird name. Uh, the title is Flesh of a Frog. The subtitle is The Lies We Tell Ourselves. <coughs> if you've read my first novel, Daddy Had to Say Goodbye, you're intimately familiar with the character Heather. As with all the characters of that book, Heather is a real person. I returned to Duluth, my hometown, in June 2016 to spend the rest of my life with my forbidden love. Oh, wait. I went to the, I went to the, I like reading that, too, because she's very special. But I missed the... 
uh, the introduction. That was foolish. <laughs> God, where's my head? That's okay. Now we know how important Monkey really is to you. Monkey is, listen, <laughs> she is the absolute love of my life. Okay. The introduction for flesh of a fraud. The word fraud has several definitions. The most agreed definition has to do with wrongful or criminal deception intended to result in financial or personal gain. Another definition is the intentional concealment, omission, or perversion of the truth. The word imposter is also sprinkled in several definitions of the word fraud. You only know what I tell you of me. I am a fraud. I am an imposter. I pretend to be in love with life, yet each morning I awaken, I quietly ask myself, is this the day? Is this the day that I finally decide that the pain of living is far worse than the pain of dying? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the pain, the pain of living, the pain that people, you know, experience when when they're depressed and have the suicidal um, you know, ideas yeah. and tendencies. Ideation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, boy, that's that's just so difficult because it's so damn personal. I can't pretend to know anyone else's life, their heartaches, their pains, their sorrows. Uh, we all can read someone's joy. Right. But some real famous guy from a long time ago said something about we're all actors. Uh, I'm an absolute fraud about my truth. Today, no. Mm -hmm. Today, I lay it out there. And I do it. Nobody needs to get to know me. Believe me when I tell you that. (laughs) Your husband will testify to that. (laughs) But I think it's important that I share what I've learned about my life experience so others don't have to go to that level of suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is hope and there's help. And it only takes a couple things. One is you've got to tell the truth about yourself. And then you have to carry this big, heavy weight of the word willingness. Mm -hmm. Too many times we like, we find comfort in blaming others. Blaming does suit, does not suit me, nor will it suit you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to practice forgiveness of people that harm me. I had to practice forgiving my parents who beat me and starved me. How the hell do you forgive that? I had to forgive them for my well-being, not for theirs, but for my well-being because I couldn't carry that grudge forward. It did not serve me. So, and forgiveness does not mean approval. It just means that's what happened then. And that's the only way I can take responsibility and bring Mm -hmm. forward the changes I need to bring. If I hold... If I try to hold others accountable for my life today, I'm back in trouble. Yeah. So I have to ask myself every day. Uh, and my friend, Sean, who, who has Uptalk Radio in Nova Scotia, he'll ask you, what are you doing for your wellness today? Mm-hmm. That is a solid question. I like that question. And I use that with myself every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people like to play junior therapist, and I've known a lot of those shitheads. Uh, yeah, been around AA for over 28 years. <laughs> yeah, you've been there for yeah. quite a while. And there's yes, a lot yes. of geniuses out there that's got everything figured out. And some ass hat will say, Well, what part did you play? Hey, listen, <laughs> an eight year old child has no part in mm-hmm. playing 
they're yeah. being mistreated. Uh, a spouse has no part. You can't justify your rage and your anger and your behavior on someone else. That's you. Well, you made me do, eat a dick. Nobody makes you do anything. You have the choice. Yeah, it's all about choices. And you can choose to behave yourself. Right. And you can choose to apologize. Yep. And you can choose to say, you know what? I'm not right right now. So I'm going to remove myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get right. Uh, you know, I, I played the blame game for a long, long time. You know, I was just married to some very inconsiderate and demanding women. They wanted me home at night. How dare they? (laughs) They asked me where all my money went. How dare they? And it goes on and on and on. And uh, And the list grows. Oh, and the list goes (laughs) on. Yeah. Uh, We got a couple questions in uh, in the chat room right now, starting with Cobra. Uh, Cobra says, chapter 15, daddy's little buddy, daddy had to say goodbye, really grabs my heart. I don't know as a dad if I could get past the type of thing if it happened to me. Cobra, this this is very interesting because I write about it in my second book, but I have a dear friend in Colorado uh, that I gave this book to to read. And he has... At the time, he had a little boy, three years old, that had the identical bubble kid toy lawnmower thing that I described in the book. And he read that, and he lost it. His wife just emailed me last week saying to me, "Uh, he's never gone beyond that chapter. When he read that, he took that child's toy he had out in his garage mm-hmm. next to the mower and destroyed it. Absolutely destroyed it and threw it away. Uh, yeah. I, I know that's a true story. Mm-hmm. I was there. I saw it. Um, Clyde also says that Justin saved my life when I had anxiety and drug and alcohol induced depression, losing my dad and friends and wife at the all at the same time and losing my house and becoming a homeless veteran. All the shit I've done and and seen was weighing on me hard. So I think Clyde brings up a good point. I mean, there everybody's gone through that period in their life. And I'll, I'll, I don't normally share this, but I will share it. I lost my uncle. This all happened within a six-month period. I lost my uncle. I lost my father-in-law. I just started a new job. I lost my job. I just bought a car. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. And I remember feeling so down and out. If I get one more kick in the teeth, that's it. I want to just go to my house. I want to shut my doors. And I want the world to continue spinning outside. And I don't care. So I can understand, like... When is it going to stop? Yeah. 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 When can I I, breathe? Yeah. And I get what Clyde is saying because it's like one thing after another, after another. So when people are put into that kind of situation or, you know, predicament, if you will, and they're in that, when is it going to stop? I can't take any more, you know, pain and frustration and anger and all of these negative feelings, if you will. 
like how do how do how I do, begin? How do you begin and how to do heal. you begin yeah. to heal to move past that point? I spent most of my life waiting for the other shoe to drop. I could never, I watched, it was like I was in the bleachers watching my life run up and down the sidelines and I had no part of it. All I could do was react to whatever was happening, but I would never played a part in it uh, because I chose not to. Mm-hmm. That was my alcohol problem. Yeah. Uh, when I decided to put my life right, I knew I one had to take responsibility for myself mm-hmm. and not blame others, and that was my starting point. Uh, now, I haven't had that type of heartache. All my family's gone now; they're all dead. Right. So I don't have that factor. Geez, lucky me, right? <laughs> Look at the money I save at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a shit. That's terrible. Oh, you went there. I know. I know. That's who I am. Uh, My starting point was when I uh, made my declaration to sobriety. Not to God, because I fought God for a long time. I'll tell you how I found my relationship with my higher power. I had been sober probably eight years. And I wrestled with God all the time. I go to AA meetings and you close me with the Lord's Prayer and Jesus Christ. And people are talking about God and blessing. And shut up! I don't want to hear that crap. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Eat me. Just don't shut up. Don't sell me. Yeah. Don't sell me that. No, no, I, I ain't buying. And uh, my pops. Now, my stepdad. My father was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got sober his last eleven years of his life. Mm-hmm. Died at fifty. Young, young yeah. man. My brothers, one brother died at 28, another one died at 34. Uh, my 28, or my, yeah, my 28 year old brother, when he died, he was an alcoholic with a year of sobriety. My dad had been sober 11 years before he died, and he died of a painful cancer. Um, so my stepdad, my father, sponsored this guy who my, my dad's best friend, and and my dad asked Bill if he wouldn't look after the mob. Meaning- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My brothers and, and my 
mother. Yeah. And, and so my father passed and Bill did the dutiful thing. And one day they decided that they were going to get married, my mother and Bill. And uh, I gave him my blessing. And uh, he was great. Mm-hmm. Now, my pops died four years, five years ago with 44 years of continuous sobriety. The cat had came. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> and uh, God, I love that guy. And um, he called me one day. And I was living in Colorado. They'd been out to my home from Minnesota. They came out to visit one time. And uh, he says, hey, and he called me punk. That was a term of endearment for me. <laughs> hey, punk, how you doing? I told him to go reproduce himself. And he laughed. <laughs> and he says, hey, he says, uh, how you doing with that God business? Shut up. I want to hear about that. He goes, I think I got your answer. I said, okay, genius, go ahead. He says, uh, go outside your front door and hike your fanny up in the air and get on your fingertips. And, you know, like you're one of those Olympic guys and your feet are in these wooden things that make you go fast and put your head down. And you're pre- at the starting block. Yeah, yeah. Pretend somebody <laughs> shot a starting pistol in the air mm-hmm. and you take off running, running as hard, as fast as you can. And aim yourself at that big cottonwood right at the end of your property line. Just go for that son of a bitch at all of your speed. And just before you get to that tree, lower your head and hit her head on. He said, if you ever do wake up, look at that tree and realize you just met a power greater than yourself. And that was it. That was it for me. All these years, and I was raised Catholic, all these years I hated God for everything that happened to me. God had no part in that. Mm-hmm. Human beings had parts in that. Yeah. God did. Then, you know, you can go back and forth. Well, how can God allow this to happen and allow this tragedy? You know, it's just, do I don't you know. I think that sometimes we go through all this pain and heartache and all this to be torn down only to be built back up stronger. Well, so that you can handle the next thing that comes along in life. My cousin, Raleen, who has passed, <clears throat> passed a few years ago, we were best <clears throat> buddies, loved her to pieces. And her and I both had the same, we're in agreement. She had a similar life as me growing up. Uh-huh. And she says, you know, I think we had to go through the shit to get tough to live through the shit we're going through today. That's what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were in training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, I don't mean to hit you that hard, but you are in training. Okay, deal with it. Um, so, you know, I had to have, so I find I find a higher power in my life. I needn't give God form, shape, or depth, which I read about in my uh-huh. books. I just have to allow there to be a God in my life. Yeah. And I have to trust. I still have to do the work. Yeah. You know, God, God ain't going to go shopping for me. No. No. I got to do that. <laughs> uh, thumbs up. Oh, it's Eric. You can't trust that shit. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like to talk about my third book a little bit. Oh, okay. I didn't think we were going to get to talk about your third book a little bit. So before you say that. Yeah, I'm trying to run away. Just so so you're aware, there's nothing marked. There's nothing marked for the next three hours and 52 minutes. So. You do whatever you need to do, you do, and I'll just make sure it keeps sailing. Okay, Christine, just go ahead and flail me like a fish. <laughs> I'm not 
I'm trying to fillet you like a fish. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a bad fisherman. You don't want to see me fish. <laughs> I don't do so good. <laughs> Your husband smells like fish. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I kind of lost my thought, my train of thought. So, um, going back to just kind of what what we were talking about earlier with all of the, this stuff about the depression and and the suicide, uh, you know, ideas and and whatnot. I hope that people that are out there listening are realizing that you're not alone through this, that there are people like David that have gone through it, that there are people that are going through it and that there is a way of getting through it and moving on. Absolutely. And I understand a lot of people don't have health insurance or the right health insurance right. to get counseling or, or proper therapy. Uh, there's helplines in almost every city. Yep. Um, just call 911. Doesn't mean the cops or a fire truck are going to come. Just say, can you give me a number? I'm, I'm feeling alone and lonely. Whatever you're feeling. And they'll hook you up. People with badges are not there to hurt you. No. If you're a bad guy, I hope they do hurt you. Yeah. Because I hate bad guys. <laughs> Christopher's got a really excellent question. Um, he says, David, what kept you going back then and what keeps you going now? Cover uh, says activity that keeps him going now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cobra. <laughs> God love you. Not that much, but God love you. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you little rat. Uh, <clears throat> listen, this is the best my life has ever been. Every day is the best my life has ever been. Now, there's times I get frustrated. I feel anxious. I feel depressed at times. It's mm-hmm. not that heavy, dark cloud crushing my soul type yeah. of depression. But I uh, I have a banker box, and I also have a uh, you know the case that that a whole case of reams of paper, copy paper come mm-hmm. in. Yeah, I have a banker box in a full in a three quarter uh, paper box, mm-hmm. neatly folded, uh, nothing but emails of people who said, thanks. Mm-hmm. You took me a place I didn't know I could reach. Yeah. You helped me find my truths. And I understand I no longer have to suffer. And I get emails and I copy every one of them, put them in that box as part of my support system. Mm-hmm. Because there's some days I have to look and say, is this worth anything? Is anyone really going to ever read this? Am I just playing with myself? Mm-hmm. Am I just trying to avoid doing housework? <laughs> you know, because, you want to take out the garbage yeah, that day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Bunky and I have a, have a running game where she'll say, could you do... I said, honey, honey, I'm a writer. And you know what writers do? We write. I'm writing, sweetheart. I'm a little busy right now. No, no, the best thing lately is that I, I hurt my shoulder... And I'm too stupid to even identify pain. I hurt my shoulder rather severely on uh, 
Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. But it took me just until last week to go see a doctor. <laughs> because I'll be fine. It'll be fine. It should be fine. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you got tears here and you got bone spurs and you're kind of screwed up. And remember that broken neck you had 50 years ago? That might be affected. Oh, good. So now I've got the the CD, the DVD yeah. of the scan of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to print that out and tape it all over the house to show the damage <laughs> to my shoulder. And every time she asks me to do something, I'm just going to point and say, <laughs> Look, honey. Honey, honey, doctor says. Doctor says. Doctor says. <laughs> uh, you know, she's a, she is my champion. God love her. <laughs> you know, she affords me this to be able to write and to mm-hmm. sit. And there's times I will just sit dead brain mm-hmm. for hours. Yeah. Just thinking. And I can do that for weeks and then I'll go back to writing. Yeah. But I write in my sleep. I write in my <laughs> dreams. Uh, we'll be watching TV and all of a sudden she'll say, where are you? <laughs> Not I'll just smile and say, writing a book. <laughs> I'm writing a book. I'm writing the book. <laughs> but, uh, I, ha- I have my nothing box down. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. would, really, would really help you? What? To keep you honored? Oh, no. The big sour uh, nightmare with a four inch barrel chambered in 45 ACP. Oh, you know, I think you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were a physician, I'd ask for a prescription. <laughs> but Bunky is listening right now. So, darling, heed. Heed the wisdom of a knowledgeable man. <laughs> See if that works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Uh, I just saw that, Cobra. Uh, he says, uh, I got your back, David. And I know you do, my friend. I truly do. But one of the things, and I've done a lot of speaking with volunteer, fire, and medical departments. And uh, I admonish those, because that's my only eye. Professionals, most of them don't give a shit what, what I have to say. Uh, but I do get to visit with a lot of volunteer firefighters and, and EMS, and I'll tell them, do not, do not tell anyone that you have their six until you've already convinced them that they have your ears. Mm-hmm. God damn it, if you were going to say I'll be there, you damn well better be there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there. Get you some of that. Exactly. Nothing yeah. is, nothing is worse. Nothing. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, if you keep your word, <laughs> and you know that's one of the big pleasures of being sober today, and living in a life I get to I get to live, uh, is that I can give my word today and it means something. Right. I used to give my word all the time. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Never show up. <laughs> hey, could you have it? Oh, sure, I'll be right there. What? <laughs> And, uh, you know, today I get to be a man of honor because I live an honorable-based life, and it's a good life. And to have that freedom, I had to go through a lot of my own self-disclosure and admission. And, again, my writing keeps me honest with me. Yeah. And uh, so are my answers right for anyone else? You know, that's up to you to decide. Uh, But there are answers, and... uh, I I wish I could fix everyone and I can't fix anyone other than me. And it's not a fix. I get a daily reprieve of my insanity when I keep my head right. 
You know, I, I think, too, for people that are going through difficult times and situations and to hear, you know, some of the things that you shared with us tonight, I think it also does a great deal of help just to have that validation, to realize that they're not alone in this whole process. Validation is the greatest gift you can extend to anyone, mm -hmm. but yet it's the rarest gift to ever receive. True. Because people don't want to put themselves out there. Because mm -hmm. what if I say, hey, you know what? I got your back. Give me a call if. And then someone calls you. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people don't extend themselves. Because the truth is, it's not that they're too busy. It's not that they don't care. Oftentimes, it's that they don't think they're capable. We are all capable. All we got to do is listen. Mm -hmm. Most people I come in contact with aren't looking for counsel as much as yeah. they're looking to have someone listen to them. Yeah. And uh, i got big ears. I'm a good listener. <laughs> Eric has way big ears. He don't hear <laughs> shit. <laughs> huh? Huh? What? What would you say? <laughs> Douglas said true. So... Let's see, you were going to start to talk about your third Oh, book. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this will make your liver quiver. The title of my third book is Harvest Season, Body Parts. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, I like it. Hey, John's all over that one. <laughs> the cover is going to be uh, somebody in a uh, surgical mask with a surgical hat right to the eyebrows mm -hmm. with a bright surgical light behind over their shoulder holding a organ donation box. That leaves a lot to the imagination. Yeah. Uh -huh. And again, I'm telling my life story. Uh, it's about a gentleman who finds himself in a coma. Doesn't know how he got there, what happened, how long he's been there. All he knows is that it's dark and he has no sensory perception of any kind. He can't feel anything. He can't hear anything. He can't see anything. He can't feel his chest rising, falling, or even hear his own breathing. All he has is his mind. Uh, his mind is grasping to find the last memory. Again, not knowing what happened. And so the mind searches. And sadly, I have to inform you, it's my mind. So, <laughs> yeah, strap in, folks. The road's about to get a bit bumpy. And Please fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> yeah. Put your table trays in your upright positions and prepare yeah. for takeoff. <laughs> and grab a hold of that bar plate with both hands. Uh, so the book is about a little more than 50% complete. Oh, wow. And uh, the character, Clinton Flanagan, is still in his coma. Okay. And it gives you the whole background of the paramedics understanding of coma and trying to reason out what's not reasonable in being in a coma. And um, right. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a lot of interaction with my characters in my first and second book mm-hmm. throughout this. And uh, I'm, I'm still laughing about this friend of mine asked me about, well, this character so-and-so. Now, now where is he today? And I go, uh, <laughs> Jesus, uh, let's see. That, it's a character. <laughs> yeah, but it was so real. Uh, yeah, I know. Actually, it was pretty real. But, was me well you don't look anything like you described that guy oh you know oh, come on <laughs> please uh, but you know what it was it's a challenge and yeah. you know this is part of my chicken shit way of dealing with aging uh-huh. as you get older you are told i am told people of my group even in their late 50s early 60s keep your mind active do these word puzzles mm-hmm. you know they're in the paper all the time do crossword yeah. puzzles buy those crossword books do the paint do this do that uh i'm hedging on my <laughs> loss of capacity mm-hmm. by writing it keeps me alert it keeps me sharp yeah and uh, at least so i think <laughs> <laughs> jury's out on that one bucky will look at me again i'm, I'm staring off into far dark space she go, where are you? Yeah, my, I don't know. Right here, babe. Um, I was just there, but yeah. not here. It's very entertaining. But I have to tell you, when this book is over, not that my life is over. Don't don't misconstrue that, please. Right. Um, when this book is over, I'm going fishing. I'll be done writing. And I have to be done writing because I've given up a lot of what I enjoy to write. I haven't been fishing hardly at all the last two years. Part of it is my loss of my cousin, Raleigh, which you'll see in my second book. But uh, I haven't been taking care of myself. Chris, I gained 25, almost 30 pounds writing the second book, just sitting and munching on stuff. Uh, the housework, Bunky will testify to this. Housework has been lacking. <laughs> she, she comes home from work. She works her guts out, bless her heart. And on weekends, she spends the whole weekend cleaning house. Now, in my defense, my being a male, I don't do it right. <laughs> so even if I do it, she's got to redo it. Not every time. So I'm being unfair to her, but uh, I don't want to make myself look like the asshole. I probably am. Um, but I want to spend more time on my quality living. Mm-hmm. And I want to fish more. Believe it or not, and Bunky's going to call me a liar, I don't actually want to start to exercise. Mm-hmm. That sounds ridiculous. But I actually do. and uh, But I want to finish this book. And it is truly a labor of love. I very much enjoy it. 
But when this book is through, it's just time to move on to the next phase of my life. And Bunky bought me a kayak, an open top fishing kayak. Uh -huh. And and her brother, you, know, you talk about family of love, he bought me a life preserver. I think what it is is that he knows I don't have life insurance. Uh -huh. So he doesn't want her to have to suffer all that. So, yeah, bought me a life preserver. Great, uh, great guy. <laughs> I love him. He's a hell of a guy. Douglas likes your character, Flanagan, and he says it's awesome, and hopefully he comes out of the coma. <laughs> yeah. That was his comment. <laughs> More shall be revealed. <laughs> we got plenty of time. <laughs> Absolutely. So are, are we still good? Do you need to take a break? or Can I, yes. can I take a break? Yes, absolutely. Where's Papa Bear? In the other room. Oh, he's such a dick. I think he's listening. I'm going to run upstairs yeah. and run outside. Okay, well, he's... Just party. Read a book. Yeah, read a book. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, he steps away for uh, a moment. Let's just take a little bit of a breather here. I just wanted to take a minute to remind you that we are talking to David Brown. And he has... Put two books out there. Daddy had to say goodbye in Flesh of a Fraud. And if you look in the chat room, I think Eric put it in there a couple of times. Uh, the direct uh, website to David's books where you can purchase them. If you purchase them through him, he will go ahead and sign them for you as well. Uh, you can get them, I think, through Amazon as well. And then don't forget, soon to be coming, if all goes well, they will be in audio version also. So if you have not read these books, I really do strongly suggest to give them a read. Even if you're not a person that likes to read, these books are fantastic because I'll tell you what, there's not a person that I have given these books to or they have read these books, my friends and family, that did not walk away with something that helped them in some, in some way. And even if it's just a small way, um, something is better than nothing. Also, I just want to take a minute to remind you the topic that we're discussing tonight is uh, all about, uh, you know, the people that... Uh, that are in that category of, of depression and with the suicidal tendencies and, I, you know, things of that nature. I just want to say that there's many, many hotlines out there uh, to reach out to, to contact in your local area or national hotline for suicide uh, to give a call to have somebody listen. Um, and please know that everything that we talk about here on the show tonight is not coming from a place of judgment. Um, we're just here to share this story and hopefully give you some kind of validation to realize that you're not alone in this whole process and um, that there is there's hope and there's help, you know, if you truly want to get to that point of, of, of being uh, being better. I want to throw something in there real quick, Kristen. Uh, we, they, they've actually done something that's good uh, all over the whole country. This is nationwide. Uh, we all we all know what 911 is. Uh, also, whenever you're looking for one of these numbers and you can't figure out where it's at, there is a service called 211. 
1-800-242-2211. And that'll get you to someone that can connect you with any of these different services. Mm-hmm. So that's a, and that's a national thing. Every state has a 2-1-1 line. I didn't know that. That's, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, Cobra also put in there, or you can text, and the text number that you can use is... That's for, eight- that's for, that's for veterans, yes. Veterans crisis. Yeah, this is for veterans... Um, too. Well, let's not forget those uh, veterans. You can text to 838-255. Cobra also put the veterans crisis line in there as well. Um, So that's that's 800-273-8255. Just press one. Okay. Thank you, John. I don't have my glasses on and things are getting kind of foggy here. But yeah, that that two one one is a, is a good thing to remember because I mean we all know nine one one, but if you if you're in it somewhere else and you're like I wouldn't even know where to begin, you can just literally dial two one one, and at least they'll be able to get you to that service. All right, they don't handle a service; they'll just get you what you need. They'll be able to tell you where the place is. Here's a number for it, or to connect you to it. So that's a good yeah. one to know. That is definitely a good one to keep in, in mind for sure. So you so, so while they're on break, yes. all right, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, it, this is kind of a hard subject to talk about because yeah. just recently I have a coworker that's going through a very bad, rough, painful time period in 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 her life where she's uh she's been battling depression. She's getting you know some of the help that you know she needs but here's here's the funny thing you know because i could tell you know you can you can kind of tell like you know david says people are happier when they're sad well she usually comes in and she's quite the character and i love her to death but she just makes my day she she's out there you know she's out there in in, in looking at things in a, in a different life and a, a different aspect than i think most and to me i think it's it's funny and refreshing and i don't mean like funny like i'm making fun of her it's just refreshing and funny to see that, you know, she didn't take outlook. It seriously and it's a different outlook. So the other day she walks into my office and I said to her, I'm not going to say her name because I, I don't know if I can, you know, say that. But she comes in and I said, so how's it going today? She goes, you know what? Not good. And I thought, oh, I said, really? I said, did something, you know, happen? You know, because I'm thinking like. Did she have a bad morning? Did, you know, she get in a fight with somebody at the meeting this morning or get in a disagreement with a coworker, you know, that kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, so what's going on? And she said, I'm not really in a good place. And I said to her and I said, can I ask you a question? And I said, and please don't think I'm coming from a place of judgment because I'm not. I said, I'm just trying to understand. She says, okay, what's that? I said, how do you feel like you got here in this really bad, painful place? I said, because most of the time I see you, you're kind of happy-go-lucky, and you're always telling me something funny and looking at things in a different light, which just, you know, makes my day. She said, yeah, this has been going on for just too long. She says, and I just, I can't hide it anymore, and I just need to deal with it and need to be real about it. And then she kind of went into more detail and explained a little bit more of, you know, what was going on. And I listened. And then she said, okay, my break is over. I got to go back to work. And I said, okay, well, you know, take care and I'll see you tomorrow. 
And she turned and looked at me and she said, you know what? Thank you. I said, for what? She says, for listening and not coming from a place of judgment. She says, you're the first person all day that has really asked, like, what's really going on? And sounding like you genuinely care. So just doing something that small can make a very, very big difference in somebody's day. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like people have said a thousand times, and it's so cliche, but it's real. It's yeah. real. You can simply just take a second out of your busy, 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 hectic life and just be polite for a second. You can yeah. smile. You can literally yeah. just smile. I mean, it, and it's true. It's, it's so crazy. I mean, I've had some bad moments, as you know, in my life recently. And then yeah. you walk in a room and there's all these people and someone knows you and they just look at you. And as you make eye contact, they don't have time to run mm-hmm. over and, and get. But they stop for a second and it was that important. They just smile and give you a nod. That really, that can actually give you a big boost right at that moment. Sometimes so simple. So simple. It's the simple things. Uh, Gunwild, the information for that number was 211? Yeah, 211. Yep. I thought, was he being a smart aleck? <laughs> but I said, everybody would know this. I don't know. I don't oh. know if, he was being, uh, if he's not being, I, I wasn't being yeah. mean. I just, I didn't know if he was teasing me or something. Yeah. But just in case, just throwing that back out there again, in case anybody didn't just came into the conversation, there's a number out there that's so, so true, Cobra. Small inner, just, I mean, the simplest little things, tiny, tiny little things. Somebody who's in a somebody who did something that oh, it's just not not being received well by so many. Maybe you can just take a second and take a breath, step back, and not be another person to keep some more on their shoulders. Maybe you can just go, yeah, hey, okay. Yeah, I can relate. You're having a shitty day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not always necess it's not always necessary to continue no. heaping. Sometimes yeah. they sometimes they, they, they got it. But I I think that, you know, when we were talking earlier, you know, David, I think, put it right on point where if somebody comes to you and and they are, you know, having a bad day or they're, you know, in a bad place or a painful place, the simple thing of just listening, I think, does a world of good because it gives that person the validation that I'm listening. I care. I'll I will take those minutes out of my day to, to listen. If that's well, the only way that I can help by listening, then so be it. I've said it before too. One of the things that I, I it's, it's frustrating sometimes when you realize that people forget the phrase uh, human value, but I always like to attribute that. I mean, I always like to, before I ignore somebody or something like that, or someone's got an issue and I just want to blow them up. I got to remember and a lot of people forget this. What's the message you're sending? What is your message? Are you sending the message they don't even have enough human value because they're worth listening to? I mean, we, we all have to slow down a little bit and remember that the way we're acting towards somebody like that, we're sending a message. Yeah. What What is your message? Yeah. If you don't have time to listen to somebody else, are you literally telling them they don't possess enough human value to listen to? Yeah. You're not worthy. That's for sure. Um, Douglas said that he thinks that uh, you guys with your YouTube channels help some of the lonely folks. If, if anybody's, have, I mean, 
anybody's ever helped us, it, it, it's phenomenal. I think one of the greatest days, I think, Christine, you'll, you'll agree with me on this. One of the greatest days for you and I in all yeah. this was the day that David said that uh, somebody got in touch as a result of one of the shows. I mean, I had chills running up and down. I mean, it's that that was phenomenal for me. That was like, oof, that was a grocery day. I got fed that day. <laughs> I, I, I was very happy. Yes. <laughs> well, John, I had a, <clears throat> I want to share this briefly. And and what I found, and I guess I, I couldn't get to it in my head, but what I found when I made a declaration to changing my life is I found purpose. And that's the greatest gift I believe I've ever received is just a sense of purpose. Again, my life was running up and down the side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Headlines of a football field. I had no part of it. I just watched it go on. And it never served me. Uh, I, uh, again, I, I receive a lot of emails a lot of emails from people who said, uh, geez, you gave me a different perspective. Uh, thank you for your help, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I had a, uh, and I, I don't want to give away anything, but I had a young lady contact me a month ago now, mm-hmm. was it? about a month ago, uh, a Facebook friend who I've never met uh, contacted me and started out with saying, do you remember me? And I said, yes, of course I do. She says, well, I'm in a bad way. And she went on to say what she was doing is she was drinking and taking some drugs and uh, that's not of her character. And uh, she's involved in the uh, first responder business. And her and I, the last time I had a communication with her was a year ago to that night. And this was at 1130 at night, poor Bunky. So 1130 at night, this woman says, do you remember me? Of course I do. She tells me she's in a bad way. And I said, are you in trouble with yourself and don't bullshit me? She goes, yes, I am. I'm going to commit suicide. Excuse me. That still shakes me. Uh, and knowing some of her past, 
she had been through holy hell, this poor gal. And uh, the minute that she made that text comment, I grabbed my phone, my house phone. And I called 911. <laughs> kind of like the thing we did to Jim <laughs> several months ago. But this was more yeah. legit. <laughs> I don't know, but Jim needed help too. <clears throat> but uh, so I'm texting her trying to stay with her text messages. Now, again, these fingers are hoofs. I don't text very fast. Uh, she could have fallen asleep four times before I got my message out to her. But I called my local 911 operator and said, I need to be connected in this state, which is several states away. Uh, and here's the address I have. Because I mailed her my books a year and a half ago. So I, I keep all the addresses. Mm -hmm. I said, here's the address I have. So operator puts me through, and Duluth 911 puts me through to an operator in this state. And I said, here's the deal. I'm calling from Duluth, Minnesota. I'm in a text conversation with a person that is going to take their life. Uh, and here's the address. And the operator says, uh, that's about almost 300 miles away. Oh, well. Uh, could you give me the county where this person is located? And I gave her the name and everything. And so they gave me a different county. And I talked to that dispatcher, and they dispatched cars immediately. And the cars went to that address I had. And it was the wrong address. <laughs> the person had moved. And in her text, she said, no one's going to find me. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I'm asking the dispatcher, can you ping her cell phone? Mm -hmm. Can you? Yeah, yeah. All we need to know is uh, her phone number. Well, I didn't have it. Son of a bitch. Just in the texting. So this is back and forth. So then she says, uh, I, I get a different county. And so I said to this person in the text, I said, listen, uh, I told her, Fib, I just finished my third book. And I'd love to send you a copy. I just need your current mailing address. Mm -hmm. And luckily, she had drank enough, taken enough drugs. She wasn't thinking clearly. It right. gave, gave me her current address. <laughs> well, I'm hot-footing it now to another dispatcher. Here's the address where this person's at. We'll send some cards. So now I said to the woman, uh, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can work our way through this. Uh, Here's my phone number. Call me. And all of a sudden, my cell phone rings. Mm -hmm. And no, I get Yeah, I gave her the home phone. No, cell phone. So cell phone rings, and I'm talking to her. And we're talking, and we're talking. And then as we're chatting, she goes, oh, my gosh. There's a police car in front of my house. I said, you don't say. <laughs> she goes, there's a, now there's a fire truck. I'm going, Thank you, God. <laughs> and uh, about a half hour later, our house phone rings because mm -hmm. I was using our house phone to contact all these police departments. And it was a dispatcher uh, saying, I'm with this police department. Our mm -hmm. officers are with her. We have to know what her exact statements were to Baker after, to mm -hmm. take her into custody, protective custody. Right. And so I told them what the exact statements were she goes that's wonderful 
And she says, I'll keep you apprised. And she hung up. And uh, so I just kind of sat there. And I, at the time I was writing, I thought, well, there's something here to write about. Well, you know, I was startled. And then the phone rings again. Now here comes Bunky down the hall. Oh, no, she came down the hall the first time when I had this woman on the phone. And when you get a call now, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. or close to it. When you get a call that late at night, and we have yeah. phones in every room in the house, so that phone rang right next to her sleeping little sweet ear and took her out of bed, and she knew that somebody died. Yeah. And she's she's in a... She doesn't panic, but she was in a bit of a panic. She goes, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm trying to wave her off because mm-hmm. I was talking to this person. And I said, I'll explain to you later. It just, I can't talk to you right now. And so, uh, and then she she goes, bless her heart, she goes back to bed. And I'm sure she's just fallen asleep. And the phone rings again. <laughs> and it's the a woman from the police department saying mm-hmm. she has been taken to the hospital. Excuse me. It's okay. Take your time. Uh, she's been taken to the hospital. She's been admitted. And, uh, well, what a beautiful reward. And all I had to do is make myself available. And uh, a little while later, like a week later, I got an email from this person. And she said uh, she was so critical they had to airlift her to a major hospital. So she, she got life weighted. Yeah, she mm-hmm. had to spend. She spent five days in a coma. Yeah, and pretty much was told, if this ever happens again, we won't be able to bring you back. So, uh, having purpose and making yourself available to others, not everyone's going to have this opportunity, and that's what these are. These are for me. These are opportunities for me to be a better person, and I thrive on that. I don't thrive on people's heartaches and injuries and in sorrows, but I thrive on being a part and just a part of an answer. I, I, I don't have all the answers by any means, but uh, yeah, I, I felt good about that. Uh, it hurt my heart deeply. It still affects me today and it always will. And I'm grateful for that too. So, you know what? Uh, you don't have to be a paramedic, a firefighter or a police officer to show you care about somebody. Because you never know, that little wink, that little head nod of validation. We've heard that saying, you never know what other people's battles are. Uh We really don't know. And sometimes just that recognition of saying, I know you're there, without a word, uh, is very powerful. We carry a great deal of power as human beings. It's however we want to exercise it. Oh. That was quite a speech, huh? (laughs) That was quite a speech. It's very true. (laughs) Christopher said it was powerful. The real Cobra Bird said, nicely done, David. I wouldn't know how to take those types of phone calls. Cobra, I will tell you this. You will be able to handle that type of phone call. We all have that ability. Um, We got another text uh, question comment. It says, David, do you think you'll ever like science fiction, like say Star Trek, or is real life enough to hold your mind? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, man, 
Uh, no, I, I don't do any kind of sci-fi stuff that doesn't interest me in the least. I've always been a realist. Mm -hmm. And believe me, there's been enough punches in the guts in my lifetime that I don't need any fantasy. <laughs> None. None. And, you know, I meet, <laughs> I meet wonderful people every day. And uh, I've, had, I've had so many great opportunities to be of service to others. And again, that's part of my living amends. But I had a friend that... This is bizarre. And her and her husband are probably listening tonight, but he had to go for a medical procedure in and out one day deal. And uh, they, they were checking in and the uh, receptionist asked the wife, uh, it's gonna be a while. I hope you have doctors a little bit behind. I hope. Did you bring something to read? And she goes, oh, I sure did. And this friend of mine pulls out my copy of flesh of, or daddy had to say goodbye. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm going to read this. And the woman about lost her mind. She goes, I've read that book. The author was here last year and gave me a copy of that book. <laughs> and which is true. What a small world. Very small world. And when I took, I took a friend for that similar procedure to the same hospital almost a year prior to that. And the lady that the same woman that was mm -hmm. taking in doing the intake on my friend and his wife that same woman was doing the intake on my buddy i had to give a ride to because he couldn't drive after this procedure and she was real misty-eyed and she she just didn't look right she had a book next to her and she had a, a like a desk partner about mm -hmm. 10 feet away and the woman looked sad i said are you okay she goes i'm just having a rough time i said oh you are she goes, yeah, she goes, uh, my nephew took his life on Thursday. And this, I think this was Monday or Tuesday. On Thursday, my nephew took his life. And I went, oh, honey, I'm sorry to hear that. She goes, no one knows what to do. I said, just a moment. <clears throat> so, and I always carry books in my briefcase. Uh -huh. Again, <laughs> Eric is so proud of the way I just throw that shit out there to people. <laughs> <laughs> and so I signed a book and gave this lady a copy. Mm -hmm. And uh, this lady told my friends that it made a strategic change in her psyche as to how to accept her nephew's suicide. Mm -hmm. And that, again, is purpose. Mm -hmm. And we all, and back to Cobra. Cobra, you got the goods, man. You'll find your, maybe, you'll, hopefully someday you'll be in that position. And knowing the character, your character as I do, will do just fine. I'm, I'm sure of that. Do you think that uh, since we're talking about purpose, you know, people that go through the depression and have these, you know, suicidal tendencies, do you think that having purpose or having some kind of path to follow helps them to start their healing process? Um, yeah, it, it's like it's like writing a book. Uh, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. uh, our end is, is the end, of course. But uh, I don't know what it takes. I think what it takes is absolute desperation. When you get to the point where you can't blame anyone else, and yet you can't take your personal responsibility, you come to a neutral point of saying, now's the time. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start the process. And understand the only event in getting well is admitting you're sick. If 
from there on forward, it's all a process. The, the event has taken place. Now it's time for the, pro and it's a life, it's a lifelong process. And it's a good gig. This, this don't hurt folks. Living good don't hurt. Don't hurt at all. Yeah, I, I'm just in love with my life. What a blessing. And to think I almost took it all away from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that God I never wanted to believe in, he looked after me when I couldn't look after my, even when I didn't want him to. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been blessed. And I know a lot of other, some of us listening tonight may not feel blessed, but look at what you have. Not what you don't have. There's all kinds of shit I don't have yeah, that I'm deserving of having, by the way. <laughs> I may have that. Uh, but I think people do that. I, I think people in whole, as a society, we always put the focus on what we don't have and right. what we're trying to strive for. And we forget about the things that we do we do have and, and, and be thankful for those things that we do have. Yeah, gratitude is, is a very powerful thing in uh I don't know how many people, I'm hoping a lot of people have heard the serenity prayer. You're asking for acceptance and you're asking for wisdom. Yep. And uh, wisdom is nothing I've gained. It's something I've been given. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always right, by the way. <laughs> Bunky will point that out. <laughs> yes, she will. <laughs> you know, she keeps me honest. She keeps me honest with myself and with her. And what a blessing to have scale in my life and you know when i got when i made my declaration of sobriety i had nothing i i was married to old number five we were on the outs i was living in my ex-mother-in-law's basement i was about to lose my job uh i was i was at the end but you know what i realized i wasn't i just thought i was again we're back to perception mm-hmm and willingness yeah you know you can blame circumstances you can blame people you know my boss is an asshole and that's why i act and feel this way it's like get a different job want a solution get a different job you idiot but depression is very real mm -hmm. uh, you lose your job all of a sudden how do i support my family yeah how do i yeah you're in a skilled job doing a skill but are you certified yeah. Maybe not. Yep. Where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked my way up to a good wage, but how marketable am I? Oftentimes you're not. And that's a dark, scary place to be. Oh, yeah. I can't care for my family. Mm -hmm. And then and then you get all the shame and all the guilt. Why did I buy that? I, I should have never spent the money on this or that. and or, or the shame and guilt about I wasn't enough to somebody. Yeah. And you may not have been. Or their expectations may have been greater than what you had to offer. Right. It's all about perception. Yep. And you know, give yourself a license to find joy. That's kind of you know, that's easier said than done. Sure it is. <laughs> get up. You know, if you don't like where you're sitting in life, get off your ass. Get out of that chair yeah. and move over here to do something different. Yeah. And sometimes your people's perception of joy is messed up. You got to learn yeah. what joy is first. <clears throat> yeah. Good point, jo John. Continue. Well, joy isn't always having the money. It's not always 
having the new car and all that. Sometimes joy, as I have learned now, is actually so simple as to actually have a genuine relationship with your kids. They, 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 they enjoy talking to you now. You're actually a part of their life now as opposed to what you might have had in the past where it was, you know, things were getting in the way and you kind of just were going through the motions. Mm -hmm. Joy is different things. You just got to be able to see it first, recognize what it is. I agree, John. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. But again, it comes to the basic declaration is that I'm willing to change at all costs. And for me... I had to splay myself like a dead deer. I had to tell my truths or it wouldn't be legit. And you don't heal when you lie to yourself. Virtually impossible. So, uh, yeah, I don't regret one day of my journey of wellness. Not one day. Cover says every happy meal is different. Not so true. <laughs> that's a that's a very interesting way of saying it, but it yeah. actually is very very true. <laughs> it's very true. I don't like McDonald's. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> with Bunky, Bunky is a godsend, but she's not my answer. I am my answer. She is the reward. But when I start relying on other people to develop my wellness, I'm sick again. It's an inside job. Yeah. Nobody can fix me. Nobody can deliver. And I've told people this, fellas I've sponsored, pal, there's a lot of things I can, I can help you with developing hope. And, and I, can, I can help you with a lot of different things, but I cannot give you willingness. Mm-hmm. you got to bring that to the table. And and I have to I have to draw a line at some point. If you're not willing, I can't help you. Maybe someone else can. And I will introduce them to someone else mm-hmm. who may be able to help them. Help them. But I have to know my limit. I'm not <laughs> well, I'm not all things to no, all people. No, but that's true. I think everybody has to know <clears throat> what their limitation is in, in helping, you know, other people. You have to know where your limits are because then you're not you're not doing the best for them or yourself. Or yourself. Yeah. And you can't be all things to all people. No. And there are times I get frustrated because I can't reach someone. Have I failed them? Have I failed myself? Or is it their unwillingness causing them to fail? And it's not about blaming or saying whose fault is it. It's just that I have to know there's times I have to step away. Do you, do you think like when people are in that severe depression that they have to make that that choice to say I'm I'm ready to to get help and help myself and you know accept this yeah. and and start on that path of healing because you know like I was when you were outside on break I was you know telling John about my coworker that came into my office one day and I asked her you know what's wrong because usually she's just cheery and mm-hmm. she looks at things in a strange way and I like that about her because she doesn't beat to everybody else's drum yeah. I mean it's really cool and so anyways long story short she I said are you okay and she said no I'm, I'm really not 
She says, I'm very depressed. Wow. That's yeah. a big step. Self-exposure is it's huge. Huge. And when people, I, and I didn't, I'm not knocking her. I actually applaud her because when you put something out there like that, you in that moment are so very vulnerable, vulnerable. and it's so very raw. And then the, I followed up the question with, well, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I just want to understand. Like, yeah. how did you get to this point where you're so depressed and upset and so full of pain and despair right now? Like, what happened in your world? And then she told me. Well, let's back up a little bit. She didn't wear that face walking into the building. No, she wore it into my office. <laughs> she wore it in there for a reason. She I mean... knew you would read it. <laughs> And she knew she could trust you. Yeah. That's that availability again. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to have a signboard that says, I'm available. Yeah. And you don't got to say, I'm willing to listen. Yeah. People will know that about you. And you put that out, you put that out everywhere you go. <laughs> you are very approachable. Yeah. And, and I think that is powerful. Because people sense a trusting within you. And... Uh, she came to you because she believed that you would, she could trust you. Oh yeah, I mean, she told me, and I said, I, I said I won't share this yeah. conversation. I mean, I didn't go into any great detail, but I said I won't share this conversation. She says, "That's okay." And then you know, she turned, got her stuff, and then she's walking out of my office, and she turned to me and she said, "Thank you." Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, th and I'm thinking, I didn't do nothing but listen. Yeah. Uh, nothing but listen. Yeah. But <laughs> nothing but, but listen. listen. Shut up. <laughs> you know that little kid in the commercial? Listen. 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 No, but I mean, I, I mean, obviously she felt better that she could confide in, in somebody, yeah. whether you needn't give counsel. No. You, you, you needn't I give, wasn't going yeah, to. You're not yeah. giving the blessing. All you wops keep off the breath. You don't have to do any of that shit that Joey likes yeah. to do to people. Uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, playing folk. <laughs> you were available. And it's you broadcast to people that you're available. Yeah. And that is a lot of power. And when used properly, uh, yeah. So that's that's your blessing. And the funny thing was, is the next day when she came, you know, back to my office after we had the conversation, I didn't share this with John when we were talking about it. I said, so how are you doing today? She goes, you know what? I'm a little bit better. She says, I, I'm I'm going to, this is works for her. She's going to counseling. Good for she's, her. She's taking the path that she thinks that's going to help her, you know, heal in this process. And I said, good for you. I said, you know. Yeah. I, I think People who are depressed and have these suicide thoughts and tendencies, I think the hardest part is is for anybody admitting. admitting, admitting. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're saying, I'm weak, I'm vulnerable, yep. I'm not as good as you may think I am. Yep. And yeah, but until we can find that strength, and it takes yeah. strength, uh, I personally have little hope for them. Uh, and, you know, I can't run around and say hey are you depressed look at me don't lie to me tell me the truth are you depressed <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that but, um, I make myself readily available my cell phone numbers on my business cards and in my books 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not on a mission of any kind. I have a life of purpose. And my purpose is to be available and to help others. Others much like myself. Because mm -hmm. I ain't all fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't all that in a bag of chips? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> that in a bag of chips. Yeah. 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 I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> On multiple occasions. <laughs> so I just want to let you know that Christopher put uh, David's website there, davidjbrownbooks.com. If you are interested in getting one or both of the books, once again, the books are Daddy Had to Say Goodbye and Flesh of a Fraud. And he's currently working on his third one. I want to say thanks to everybody in the chat room for putting out their comments and questions. And thanks to the people mm -hmm. that it was 662-579-8506. I was really glad to see all the interaction that we've had tonight. This was awesome. I've been having a good time. Yeah, this has been a really good, good conversation. I think it was one that needed to be talked about. Yeah, where do you go? And who yeah. do you talk to? Yeah. Yeah, and how are people going to look at me once I tell yeah. them my truths? Yeah. Uh, being fear of judge, you know. Fear of judgment. It's, yeah. it's, it sounds so bizarre, but I would rather take my life than you know of my weaknesses. Uh, what? But that's the mentality at that time. Right. Uh, so fearful of being exposed that you'll kill yourself. Uh, who does that? I'll tell you who does that. Somebody who's deeply depressed. Mm -hmm. That all makes sense. And I would say to them, but it's happened to me too, so to me as well. Yeah. And um, I ain't done with this. I plan on having a good life for the rest of my life. And I just I just need some donuts and coffee and I'll be fine. Yeah, get the cookie. <laughs> hey, speaking of cookies. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I failed. Uh, I failed to uh, eat no cookies. See, David, David, that's called a lure. You should know that from fishing. She was baiting you, bringing you towards her. And after she set the hook, well, you know, whatever else happens. Yeah. Yes. Are we done, sweetie? I think, unless there's anything else that you wanted to, uh, wanted no, to say. No, I, I feel good about it. Okay. And, um, you know, if, again, if you don't like where you're sitting in life, get off your ass. <laughs> yes. Get out of that chair. Exactly. So there's, there's answers, and they're all within us. Yeah. We might need a nudge. We might need some help. And uh, we don't quit. No. No, don't quit. So with that being said, I want to say thanks, David, very much for coming back and enjoying and joining me. Shot from a cannon again. I, and I remember the first the time bus. I was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> but I played one on television. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was awesome. I like when we get the time to get together and, and talk about these um, these topics yeah, that it I doesn't do seem like everybody really wants to touch on. Thanks everybody that joined in the 
chat room yeah, tonight. Thanks, gang. Uh, we had Cobra, Clyde, Tony, Eric, Christopher. Uh, Douglas was in there earlier. I'm trying to just scroll down through the list. I think Gun I said Gunwild was in there as I'm well. Yeah. Yeah. So there was quite a few people. And there's Douglas. Yep. Quite a few people that joined us in the chat room. Thanks for all your questions and your comments, guys. That was really awesome. I like it when everybody just stays on topic and we all have, you know, get into this deep, deep conversation. Thanks to the people, too, that also text. That was kind of cool that we got to um, do that as well. I mean, we didn't have a number to call in, but at least you could text your question, which was awesome. That worked out pretty good. Oh, and a special shout out to Eric Bowman. Thank you for wearing pants. Yes. <laughs> pants are always good. And once again, I just tell, I tell you that in the chat room, Christopher had put uh, David's website there to, uh, so if you, anybody that comes here to Spreaker.com and looks at these comments, you'll see that in there, if you're interested in um, David's books, it's davidjbrownbooks.com. And uh, if you did enjoy the topic tonight, thank you very much, Tony, for reminding me. Hit that like button because that does help us out a lot. And um, I think that's basically it. I'm going to leave you with one final thought. This was the quote that I posted on my page that I absolutely love. It says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. C.S. Lewis. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.